I think the way we can really grow the game is on the driving edge concept. That's right. where we get a chance to bring the technology out to everyone. And I think this is going to be very entertaining. You can play games, you can challenge other people. That's probably something which will attract younger audience, maybe people who are not playing so much golf. I think we all know that golf has had challenges over the, the recent years. And one of them probably being that golf is 18 holes and golf takes four and a half hours. And people these days have other priorities. I mean, you've got family, you've got job. How many people can take out five hours to go and play golf? So if you can create something which you can play in one hour go down and hit 60 shots but hit them with a purpose and you get feedback like you do on a golf course in 60 minutes than playing five hours on a golf course so i think we have something here which could become golf but in a different format and which could definitely help increase the game Welcome, everyone, to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with golf's top influencers, entrepreneurs, innovators, and disruptors about their vision to reimagine, transform, and grow the game. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Trackman Golf President Klaus Eldrup Jorgensen. Klaus, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. So I've been following the innovative products and visual content that Trackman Golf has been creating for some time now, but for our listeners who might not be as familiar, can you tell me a bit about yourself and a brief history of Trackman Golf? Of course I can. If I put a few words to myself, you can say I'm actually educated as a medical doctor, which might be a little strange in this context, but that's the fact. Then I started economics and actually spent most of my life in the pharmaceutical industry and the biotech industry, but I also played a lot of golf during my life, I played since I was a child and actually represented the Danish national teams for many years and won Danish championships for juniors and uh, even played a few uh, tournaments on the European tour as an uh, amateur that got invited. So, um, but then for many years I, I worked and didn't play a lot of golf. So the idea about TrackMan came about from hitting endless amount of golf balls in a way you can say they haven't changed for many, many years. I mean, you still go down, you buy a bucket of golf balls and you hit them. And the question we asked ourselves in 2003 was if you could get some feedback on every shot, that would improve the quality of practice and make it more fun to practice. So that's basically how the idea came about. We then looked around and said, are there any technologies out there that one could imagine that would be able to give you those data to track a golf ball? And it turned out that in the military industry, a Doppler radar, as it's called, is being used to track missiles and projectiles. And then we looked around and said, who's doing that these days? And it, it was actually quite a coincidence because one of the leading companies in, in this technology for um, military purposes happened to be a Danish company. I mean, that could have been an Australian company or Canadian company or U.S. company or from any country. But it, it happened to be a, a, one of the absolute uh, premier companies, not more than one hour from where we are uh, located. So at that point in time, we went to the company and basically asked them, you know, you have a technology you, that you use for military applications. The question is, can we use it for? something as peaceful as tracking a golf ball and if so maybe we should do something together and after having had a number of meetings with the owner of that company it turned out that they were pretty happy with their existing business and maybe didn't quite see uh, our idea as clearly as we saw it so nothing came out of that however their head of research and development happened to like the idea a lot and then he was uh, developing products for them and at a certain point in time we contacted him directly and say are you interested in, in joining this startup company instead of working with the things you do now and basically Frederick Toxen who is my partner today said yes within 48 hours and that was the beginning of TrackMan. So you found your co-founder there in 2003 so moving forward a couple of years you've been at it for 14 years when did you first bring TrackMan to market when did you first release your first product? 
That's a good question. It took about, I'll say, about a little short of two years before we had a product to actually show to people. And then we had a very interesting week because I managed to set up five meetings in five consecutive days in the U.S. where we met with five of the top companies within the golf equipment, Callaway, TaylorMade, Nike, Mizuno, and Ping. So we met Monday to Friday, having a, a meeting each day, flying to the next state in, in the evening. And all of these five companies received our product extremely well. At that point in time, you probably realize this, but I mean, these companies, when they develop new equipment, golf shafts, club heads, golf balls, whatever, they do a lot of testing. They hit tens of thousands of golf balls. Very often a robot does the hitting. And then, of course, they wanted to find out what happens if we do tweak the shaft this way or if we do this or this to the material. So tons of golf balls, and they wanted to get information on what the ball was doing. And they were trying all sorts of things to get these data. Just to give an example, I mean, many of them had actually people running around in the field. The robot launched the ball, and somebody was standing 200 yards out and trying to see where the ball came down and went to the spot. And then you shot him with a laser, and that was it. Right. And then we came and we set up TrackMan behind the robot. And when the guy was still running around trying to identify the spot, we said 217 yards, five yards right. And we could even tell them what the spin rate was, the apex point, all the forces that had been working on the ball throughout the flight. So that was a pretty big innovation to the companies at that point in time. When Frederick and I sat in the plane uh, home uh, after these five visits, we actually made five sales. So I said to Frederick, we have to go home and work harder. This is a good idea. I guess that was your customer validation right there that you're onto something really good. You were five for five in, in any sport. That's a, that's a pretty good close rate. That's, that's, right, that's amazing. Right. And at that point in time, we actually charged the $100,000 a package because that was a radar and the software that went with it. So that was, that was a good start. Uh, that's amazing. And I know there are other competitors in the ball tracking space now, but from what I understand here, you guys were the pioneers. You were the first out there doing this, the first and and still kind of leading the charge here. We were actually not the first, uh, I have to ah. say. Actually, when we came out, FlightScope, which is another company in this space, was out there, but I'll definitely give them the credit for that. But having said that, I will also say that when we came out with our products, we were miles ahead and we still are. But right. they were actually out there first in, in all fairness. Gotcha. And as I realize in the uh, innovation and entrepreneurial space, it's not always the first one in the market that wins the game. It sounds like with you, you managed to learn some lessons from them and you had the secret sauce and managed to push that forward as you continue to do today. Very curious there in the early days there, it sounds like you embraced this innovative notion of rapid prototyping and the design feedback loop. So with that, did you use these five companies as your test kitchen then to really move forward and find out what connects and what resonates and what could be brought to market? Definitely. The funny thing is, as you might remember from my first remark, our basic idea was for golfers to use it to have more fun and practice more efficiently. That was the idea when we originally started out. But it then turned out that we were actually able to get a lot of data with an extreme accuracy and a lot of data that we haven't thought of before we went into this venture. And that's why well, we changed our strategy a little bit because these equipment manufacturers, they had a need for the product. So instead of making a product, you could say for the driving range or for practicing, the first product we brought to market was actually for the equipment manufacturers, as I just said. And you're, you're, you're right. Then, of course, what we did was, you know, we listened to these five companies and, of course, to further companies, and they were more than happy with what we had at that point in time but they also have tons of further wishes of course I mean, I mean that wish list is still long here 14 years after we started so this is a, a never-ending process I, I'm sure Yes, you never stop innovating. And it sounds like as we'll get into deeper in the conversation here there's lots of other things that you're doing and you guys aren't sitting still on original success. 
I see TrackMan Golf has five product offerings now. You've got TrackMan 4 and 3E radar tracking technologies. You have the TrackMan simulator and TrackMan putting and TrackMan range. So with that, could you tell us some more about the uniquely innovative characteristics of each one of these and the product development that helps inform and improve the other products? Yes, I can. And and maybe I should start by talking a little bit about what is TrackMan technology. I've referred to it already by saying it's radar technology. It's actually something called Doppler radar technology. But to give everybody an idea about what this is, we're talking about a box the size of a computer, basically, that you can set up behind a golf player, two, three meters behind. And then when you hit a golf ball, we'll be able to measure tons of numbers like spin rate, launch angle, ball speed, height of the ball, and of course, the precise uh, landing spot. And by the way, everything in real time. And that was the first product you can say we brought to market. Then a little bit, a couple of years after we launched that product, we could actually see that the Doppler radar was also able to see the club head. So not only what the ball was doing, but also what the club head is doing right at impact. And you got to realize that the club and ball only interacts for one two thousandths of a second. So a very, very brief moment of time. That's all it takes for the golf club to actually impact the golf ball. And that fraction of a second is all you can do as a golf player. I mean, we all know that you can swing the golf club in many different ways, but it doesn't really matter where the club head is pointing at the top of your golf swing. It's all a matter about what it does right at this one two thousandth of a second. And that is something that TrackMan can tell you. We can tell you exactly how the club head is moving. So are you moving from out to in or into out? Right at impact, are you hitting down on the ball? Are you hitting up on the ball? Right at impact. And how is the club face oriented? Is the club face open? Is the club face closed? Was the club faced square at impact? And you need to know these things in order to correct a golf swing or in order to correct a golf ball flight, you can say. So in, in the old days, people believed that by looking at the golf ball, you could say, you know, if the ball, golf ball went to the right, then you could immediately say it's because the club face is open. But you can't say that, and Trackman has proven that. I mean, there's a number of combinations of club data that will give you the same ball flight. So you cannot just look at the golf ball and say, this is what made the golf ball go to the right. You need to know exactly what happened that impact and once you know that you can start teaching whether the club face is open whether whether the club face is closed or whether you impact it on the toe or whatever so it was a couple of years down the road that we began to not only measure ball data but also club data and that also changed a little bit uh, the customers because the customers we sold to in the first couple of years were mostly as i said before equipment manufacturers and then what you would call club fitters Yes. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you know that these, I mean, when I played golf 30 years ago, I went down, you bought a pair of golf clubs that looked nice and, and they felt nice in your hands. And then you played with that set for the next 10 years on, until they were completely worn out. But I mean, <laughs> th- that's not the way it works today. I mean, no. uh, first of all, people buy golf uh, equipment all the time. And now we all realize that you and I shouldn't have the same driver. Okay. Yes. I need one driver that's uh, perfect for me and you need one driver that's perfect for you. But in order to find out exactly which is the right driver for each person, what's called club fitting, you need to get in front of technology that gives you those data. And that's exactly what TrackMan can do. And that's exactly how TrackMan was used for the first couple of years. Then when we found out in 2008 that we could also measure the club data, we suddenly were able to expand the market from club fitting to teaching. Now suddenly TrackMan became a tool for every serious golf teacher in the world. So you can say, yeah, the radar basically stayed the same, but we were able to get more data out of the radar signals and do a new innovative software to present those data. 
Thank you for clarifying how the technology you, you, works. You, 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 the basic technology, yes. And, and to your question, TrackMan 3, TrackMan 4. I mean, as you can hear, it's more a question about generations. I'm sure it comes as no surprise to you, but we started out with Generation 1, and then came 2, and then came 3, and then actually came 3E, and now we are at number 4. And what has happened throughout the generation leaps have been a very important step, I would say, is from 3 to 3E, because until 3E with TrackMan, you needed a USB cable and a computer, where as with TrackMan 3E and with TrackMan 4, you work wireless. So all you have now is a, is a TrackMan unit and your iPhone or iPad or tablet, uh, you can now work wirelessly. Of course, also throughout the generations, the product has become you know smarter and smaller and more easy to use. I think the first one we produced in 2005 probably have a weight of about 12 kilos. And today we're down to two kilos. And if the product size is probably down to one third in volume compared to the first generation. So that's TrackMan 3 and TrackMan for. Then you asked about TrackMan Potting. Uh, TrackMan Potting is still the same hardware, so it's TrackMan 4. It just means that now we're not only able to track the full shot of a drive or a six iron or a wedge, but now we can actually for the first time also track a pot. So as of 2017, the latest generation TrackMan 4 can also be used for potting. And, and if, I, if I were to be a little bit technical here for a second, up until TrackMan 3E, there was one radar in each unit, both looking at the golf ball, which could be far away, 200 yards away, high, low, left, right. But at the same time, we were to look down at something right in front of us, namely the impact between club and ball, which takes place two meters in front of the unit. So you can look at it a little bit like if you have a camera that you have to focus at something far away and you have to focus at something right in front of you. And doing both at the same time has to be some kind of a compromise. Right. That was exactly how the technology worked for uh, TrackMan 1, 2, and 3. But with TrackMan 4, we actually had two radars within the box, so to say. One radar, which is targeted looking out, focusing at the ball flight far away, and another one focusing at impact right in front of the radar, which gives us more precise data on the impact. So exactly what's the club doing at impact, but also allows us to use the product for potting. So a long story, but that's uh, why we can now also use TrackMan for potting. And then if you talk about TrackMan Simulator, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with people buying simulators for their home and being able to play uh, St. Andrews or Pebble Beach or whatever in, in their basement. And TrackMan also offers a simulator solution. And if you talk about simulators, simulators consists of, of two things. I mean, you need a technology to track the golf ball. And in this case, it's a TrackMan that TrackMan gives you extremely good data and is probably the most accurate data you can get. The other part of a, of a simulator is the graphical world. You launch the ball into a screen, which is three meters in front of you, and you see the ball fly down 18th hole at Pebble Beach. And that graphical world is not something we do. We have a partner here called TrueGolf. And so when we talk about a TrackMan simulator, it's the TrackMan unit being used to track the golf ball. And then we interface with TrueGolf's world of golf courses. And that gives you the simulator experience. And by the way, the good thing about this product is you can then take your TrackMan unit. If you use it indoors in the wintertime for playing in your basement, you can take the TrackMan unit to the driving range in the summertime and use it on a driving range. So it's it's basically the same product you can use indoor and outdoor. You can just take it with you. It takes less than 30 seconds to set up. Right. And so our listeners understand. We'll have a chance to see the visuals later when we send them the links to your website in the show notes with some other graphic material. The TrackMan unit is roughly 12 inches by 12 inches and quite thin, of course. It kind of looks like a square iPad shape, for lack of a better term. I guess, is that a good way to describe yeah, it? Yeah, I would say a laptop. Yeah, I think your size yes. is pretty right. A laptop with two small legs, that's true. 
And I like the flexibility and the portability of this. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a world long drive competition in Nevada, where for the live broadcast through Golf Channel, they were using TrackMan technology and set that up and how quickly uh, they were able to do that. And the amazing graphical overlays that you managed to create from that just made the event much more engaging and much more compelling. We will get into the broadcast side of what you guys do in a bit, but I just wanted to kind of mention that right now. Before we leave this topic of the product offerings you have, I'm very interested in getting back to TrackMan putting, which you've just released. I'm sure it's quite interesting for you as a company 14 years in when you first came up with the idea and pushed this forward and sold to your first five customers. Cloud storage didn't exist. Social media wasn't on anybody's radar yet. So these other opportunities that have made what you're doing with TrackMan much more robust and the opportunities must be very exciting for you guys where you are and where you can go in the future with your technology. That's very true. I, I didn't say that before, but of course, every shot you hit in front of the TrackMan unit is being uh, sent to the cloud. So you can, of course, find it there and, and take a look at it again. And by the way, as part of the TrackMan unit, we also have a video camera inside, which will automatically film your swing from the position where the radar is positioned. And if you want further cameras, like let's say you want a camera face on because the radar is standing behind, then you can just attach a second camera like an iPhone and the software will control that iPhone as well in the sense that you can simply Simply put the iPhone on streaming so you don't have to turn it on and turn it off for every shot. It'll just be there streaming all the time. And every time there's an impact and the radar will know now there was a golf shot hit, we will just cut a piece of the video and store it together with your numbers. So if you stand there hitting balls for half an hour, all your data will be captured. All your video will be captured from how many angles you want and they'll be sent right to the cloud. You can go and study it all when you get back home. That's great stuff. And are you starting to gamify the software so that people can start to compete with someone else that actually has TrackMan technology, whether they're right beside them or halfway around the world? Is that something you're, you've are you already have or something that perhaps you're considering in the future? That's a very good question. And the funny thing is, if you remember what I said at the very beginning, I mean, our idea was to do a product for the driving range where people could go and, and have more fun and be more efficient in their practicing. You can say many of the applications I've been talking about so far have more been fitting and teaching, which means our original idea have not quite come to fruition yet, but that's happening as we speak. And that gives me the chance to talk a little bit about the fifth product that you mentioned before, what we call TrackMan Range. Because maybe I should also say that, probably realize this, but the products we've talked about so far, I would say are mostly business to business. People buying our product, that's equipment manufacturers, it's fitters, it's golf clubs, it's golf teachers. It's all people who use it to drive their business. Of course, private people buy it as well. I mean, we have hundreds of people buying it every year for their personal use but in all fairness it's a relative expensive product it starts at about twelve fifteen thousand dollars so it's, it's not somebody for everyone but in order to make the technology available for everyone so you can enjoy your practice more so you can have more efficient practice on the driving range we are actually launching now and we have the first couple of ranges up running what we call the driving range version of the trackman technology and it actually works in, in the following way we can cover a total golf range if you take a golf range which is let's say 30 bays wide let's just say three floors as high, so we talk about 90 bays. We can actually cover that range with three radars two in the field looking back into the base and one mounted on top of the third floor. These three radars will cover the total range field and now we will measure everything that goes on on that range. There could be 90 players hitting balls at the same time. We will track all 90 balls and we'll be able to give data to each player. All you do is you walk into the range and you say I'm on the second floor bay number 13. Turn on your iPhone and you'll get your data. 
that's being done now. We have the first, well, we have two facilities running now. We're basically rolling one facility out every week for the remaining of the year. So this will be fast. And come back to your questions, yes, here you will see applications where you can develop your game, you can practice, you can do skill tests, you can, of course, compete with yourself, you can compete with others, you can compete with others on the same range, you can compete with somebody who is on, on the bay next to you, but you can also compete, as you say, with someone who is in Denmark and you are in the US. Of course, all the applications I talk about now are not available tomorrow but some of them are and others will come online in the coming months and years right well it sounds like you've expanded your business revenue model from a business to business play which you started out as that now by i guess in a way you're renting trackman by the hour to people that you now can start to harness that business to consumer opportunity that's true. I mean, we simply want to make the technology available to everyone. As I, I told you before, the price point, of course, means that this is not for everyone to just buy a unit. So the way to democratize this is to make the technology available. And then, as you say, I mean, we did discuss that. We didn't discuss the business model. But actually, the business model is that the range lease or buys the technology from us and make it available for free for their customers. So if you go to one of these ranges that will be trackman enabled in the future, you will be able to use the technology free of charge. So it'll be a service from the the range owner and whether they're going to increase the price per ball or just be happy that they'll have more customers because they've got something which the neighboring range doesn't have, that will be totally up to the range owner. But the idea is it'll be free of charge to the end consumer. By the way, I didn't say it before, but just want to make it very clear. This setup does not give you club data because we can't see the club. We have with the setup I described before, three radars, the way they are set up will give you ball data, but we will not be able to give you data on exactly what the club is doing at impact. So this will be more for measuring the ball. So you will learn how far you hit each club in the back. You can hit against targets on the range and you can play all kinds of games, but you will not be told if your golf club is moving one degree from the in to out or from the out to in or whether the club face is a little bit open or closed. For that, you will still need technology right behind the player. I like your earlier statement of talking about you democratize the technology here. I quite like that. And, and on that note, of all the disruptive golf companies that I've spoken to so far on the Mod Golf podcast, the one unique quality that really stands out with TrackMan is that you're creating innovative solutions that resonate with elite level golfers, recreational golfers, and the viewing audience. And you just covered that quite nicely. So is creating products that appeal to both the active and passive golf audience a business strategy you embrace from the very start? Or is this revealed itself over time with opportunities for for example, with track band putting, is this something that you got a lot of feedback and saying, hey, we'd really love this if we can track our putting now? Or is this something yeah. that, so how, what was the no, process? No, 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 to be honest, I think it's so with, with most companies. I mean, you have a basic idea. And in our case, the idea was to measure a golf ball, find out how far it went. And by doing that, have more fun and more efficient practicing. But that was the original idea. And then you start out and then you get lots of feedback and you learn from the market. And in many ways, the business can take a completely different direction. And I think in our case, the original idea was really this drive range product that we're launching now you know 15 years after we built the company and the first 14 years you can say has just been a different route and probably thinking back i think a natural route because had we launched the product let's say 15 years ago to the consumer i'm not sure they would have embraced it i mean now not all i'm, I'm sorry to say but many people know what trackman is all about people are used to data so when trackman now becomes available on on a local drive range many people will know what it's about and would like to try it and by the way will also trust the data because because they can see it's being used by the best players in the world and it's being used by TV companies and so on. So they know what the technology can do and the, the accuracy. 
I think it's important that we've been through this route, that we didn't just take a product and threw it in front of consumers on a driving range in the beginning. That would probably have meant that the product would have been seen as an entertainment product, which you can say it isn't. It's a very serious tool, extremely accurate with the data it presents. And it's probably a natural route, but I don't think one could have imagined it from the beginning. Then you talk about potting. It's a good example. People have been asking us for years, you can track a drive, you can track a wedge. Can you use trackment for potting? And we've had to say uh, no, because we couldn't. But on the other hand, we could see that it was possible. And then it was just a quest about working on it. And I can tell you, we have a long list of great ideas that we're working on. And it's just a quest about prioritizing uh, the resources and get more good features out there. So close on a personal note, as an entrepreneur and an innovator, who are your entrepreneurial heroes, both past and present, that you draw inspiration from and why? I always like to hear these stories of who you look up to and who you look at as a mentor that's inspired you over the years. To be honest, I don't think I really work that way. I don't have any heroes. Well, that's interesting. No problem. <laughs> no, no. But I would say, of course, you know, I read books like everybody else about other people, how they run their businesses, how they develop their businesses, you know, and pick and choose from their great ideas. But it's not like I have one guy who uh, I think is all. But I mean, of course, that comes out there. Take a company like Apple. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's a company that everybody looks up to. I mean, you can say they've taught us at least over the years that you've got to make software which works flawlessly. I mean, today's world, if you make software that doesn't work, if it isn't functional if it works too slowly i mean you're on to the next thing they've set the standard things have to look nice and they have to work and there's a lot of great companies to look up to oh, that's a great answer so where do you see the biggest opportunities for growing the game of golf and connecting with a younger audience players and fans and viewers especially the connectivity you're doing on the broadcast side and the great visual content that you're partnering to create there I think the way we can really grow the game is is on the driving edge concept that we discussed before. I mean, that's right. where we get a chance to bring the technology out to everyone. And I think this is going to be very entertaining. You can play games, you can challenge other people. That's probably something which will attract younger audience, maybe people who are not playing so much golf. I think we all know that golf has had challenges over the, the recent years. And one of them probably being that golf is 18 holes and golf takes four and a half hours. And people these days have other priorities. I mean, you've got family, you've got job. How many people can take out five hours to go? and play golf. Yeah. So if you can create you know, something which you can play in one hour, go down and hit 60 shots, but hit them with a purpose, then you actually hit more shots in 60 minutes with a purpose and you get feedback like you do on a golf course in 60 minutes than playing five hours on a golf course. So I think we have something here which could become golf, but in a different format and which could definitely help increase the game. Nice. Well, you've just mentioned right there, these three elements that I'm hearing on almost every podcast guest that I have on here to grow the game. And that is make it fun, make it entertaining and make it a game, make it competitive. So so you guys are certainly embracing that also as you uh, continue to innovate here. So I'll stop calling you Trackman Golf because I know golf is not the only sport that you are looking to disrupt here. So we will call you Trackman and Trackman has expanded its innovative offerings beyond golf and into other sports, including baseball. Baseball. So can you tell us what TrackMan is currently doing with Major League Baseball and how this partnership opportunity was born? Yeah, I can definitely tell you a little bit about that. And you're absolutely right. And this is another good example of, of course, something that we didn't foresee at all when we started. But I think it was about 2009 or something like that. We were told by many people, I mean, you guys can track a golf ball. Can you track a baseball? And we said, we don't know, but we can try. 
And that's where we actually started. A little bit naively, we thought we could just take basically a golf radar and track a baseball, but it turned out that it didn't work that way for many, many reasons. So the product we have developed for baseball is actually a product where we track the baseball during the game. It's mounted in a stadium. It's one radar. It's it's actually a big radar. Now we talked about the footprint of a golf radar. In baseball, it's, it has a footprint of, let's say, one meter times one meter, which is a little bit more than a yard in, in each height and length and width. And uh, you mount it behind home plate in front of the, with the press is sitting and then we measure the pitch from it leaves the pitcher's hand and if there's a hit we measure the hit as well and cover the entire field with this one radar and you're right we work with all 30 teams we started as i said before in 2009 2010 it took us a lot of years before we got quality to a level that was acceptable i mean the accuracy in baseball has to be so precise we measure baseball within something like a half an inch as it travels and that level of accuracy was not possible with our original technology so we had to do quite a lot of technology development to be able to do what we're doing today but you're right trackman today is being used by major league baseball major league teams but also all their minor league teams i think we are probably installed in i'll say 400 stadiums 350 400 stadiums around the world so basically every ballpark in the u.s every ballpark in japan every ballpark in korea where professional baseball is being played we are not in everyone but we're getting close and also i think you were hinting at that when you watch baseball on tv and you see these statistics stat cast it's called in the u.s which is major league baseball's data package the ball data that you see there the speed of the ball the release height the trajectory and so on that comes from track by technology so you're right we are into baseball now but it's taken us many many years to get to where we are today but if you watch baseball tonight i'm sure you'll see trackman data you just answered my follow-up question there and i was going to ask you if your data is used to create the stat cast graphics and i which i love i watch them all the time on mlb media and i think they're great i'm a baseball fan played a lot as a kid and uh, just seeing that it just enhances the whole experience there of seeing kind of the launch angle and the uh, the exit speed of home runs and it's awesome it's great stuff exactly. so, so that's good and, so, and of course but by the way funny thing this is a sport that you probably know which we have no clue about in in our small country in denmark <laughs> Asking that. No, nobody plays baseball here and in all over Europe I mean hardly anyone plays baseball so it goes without saying that when we went into baseball we couldn't rely on I mean when we went into golf you know we had a lot of knowledge because we've sure. been doing that all our lives but in baseball we didn't bring that knowledge to the table so the first thing we did of course was to build a company in US and that's of course where we have 35 to 40 people sitting right now running our baseball division. So your first baseball game you ever saw did you have any clue of what the hell was going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> But I have to say, I actually enjoy it a lot. I think it's a great game and it's it's like so many other things in life that if you don't understand it and don't give it a chance, you'll never find out. But I mean, the more I, I see it, the more I experience it, I mean, the more respect I get for it. It's a fantastic game. And every time I'm in the, I'm in the US, I definitely go and see a live game. And with baseball, just to finish up there, and I'm a bit of a stats nerd when it comes to baseball and so many people are, as you realize now that it just, is just, one of just, those... Just don't examine me. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those sports. They compare statistics that happened with Babe Ruth almost 100 years ago to today, and those have valid comparisons. So it's it's very interesting. And you know, you've probably been inundated and overwhelmed with the number of stats and the acronyms for all these different things from RBIs to ERA to hundreds of, or at least dozens more of these, the numbers that people care about with baseball and compared to previous generations of baseball players. Uh, those fans cannot get enough of those stats. I know, I learned that. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, just to finish up here, Klaus, lastly, we touched on baseball. Do you see any other future sport opportunities where TrackMan technology can innovate and improve the player and fan experience in the years to come? 
Yes, definitely. Any sports where you have a ball moving, I think we can make a change. I can tell you that right now we're actually launching a product in Europe in what we call football. I know you call it soccer. So European football, we're launching it right now. We're working with the first couple of top clubs. And here I talk about clubs that participate in Champions League. Right. And this will be for kicking. So practicing and improving your kicking technique. So that's a market that we enter this year. It'll probably be more on, we talked about before, you know, how do you develop products? I mean, we have made what you can call a product, which we can go out and start working with players and with teams and coaches and then we'll learn from them and it'll probably be another year before we will actually launch the product more broadly but we're out there now working with teams and players and cricket is another game yes. another sport where we definitely try to get our feet a little bit wet and the next one will be tennis where we also have collaboration with I mean we already work closely with all the manufacturers in tennis so uh, yeah a number of companies Wilson and Unix and Prince and Head and uh, Babula and all these companies they all have our technology and we, we definitely come out with products within the sports as well. That makes complete sense. So this has been exciting stuff. Thank you so much for sharing everything with me today here on the Mod Golf Podcast. So Klaus, to finish up here, can you tell our audience and our listeners where they can learn more about TrackMan Golf? Can you uh, tell us both through social media and website presence? Can you pass that along to us? I would would propose you go to our website, which is just trackman.com. Okay, and there'll be references to all our social media channels and you will be able to see both. Not a lot of baseball. We actually don't do a lot of, of advertising for baseball yet because it's so limited. It's basically only uh, these teams I talked about before. So there's only little information available there. But on the golf side, I mean, you'll find tons of information there. We have just passed 100,000 people who follow us on Facebook and we on Instagram, we on Twitter and all, all the references you'll find on trackman.com. Great. And I will include all of those links in the show notes for our listeners. And I'll also include some of the StatCast and MLB links also so they can easily find those and see all the awesome things you're creating there. So Klaus Elder Jorgensen, thank you so much for being my guest on the Mod Golf Podcast today. This has been a very compelling conversation and I've enjoyed it. And thanks for taking the time to do it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with TrackMan co-founder and CEO, Klaus Eldrup Jorgensen. To learn more about TrackMan, go to our website, modgolf.fireside.fm, where you'll find links to the topics and content we covered in this episode. Please join me next week for the final episode of Season 1, when I speak with World Golf Foundation CEO, Steve Mona. Because that's our stated goal in the long term. We want for golf to look like America looks from the standpoint of participation, those of us who work in the game, those who compete in the game. And we're not there. And there's nothing to be ashamed of there. But we want to look like America looks from a gender perspective, from an ethnicity, from an age, from a disability, from a sexual orientation perspective. We want to be reflective of society generally. I'm your host, Colin Weston. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I'll see you next week.